Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Moletsky. <laughs> Thank you, legit, for joining us today. Yeah, our mission is living and learning, laughing and loving together with you. We're here to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. Yeah, and on that journey, we often talk about plant medicines, psychedelics, and other avenues of healing. When we do, we are sharing for informational purposes only. We're not doctors or therapists, and we don't promote doing anything illegal. Inside us all, we have a deep, powerful knowing. We encourage curiosity, healing, and exploration of this consciousness. Damn straight. Together, our handle is trustthejourney.today. Individually, you can find her at melaniecurtis.com and me at jasonmoletsky.com. Thank you all again so much for being with us. On to the show. Today's topic is mental health. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about this because I recognize the stigma related to the topic. Yes. And recently... I've become more, I mean, over recent years, right? I've become more and more and more aware of my own mental health kind of rating, like where I fall on my own scale and recognizing how many different things influence that, like how broad and how variable that is. And then also recognizing that when I share that with people, there's like this knee jerk reaction of like, mental health issues, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. It means I can't trust you kind of thing. And, and wanting to say, fuck that. Everybody has this huge range of variability in their, you know, stability of where they're at mentally. And that doesn't mean anything except they're human. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I am so thrilled that mental and emotional health is an actual topic that people care about now. You know what I mean? That is Absolutely. a beautiful, powerful, wonderful, important change, I think, in our society in our recent, de in re recent decades where it's like, okay, this is important to talk about. This is a thing that we need to make a priority. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm very aware that throughout the course of my life, I have struggled with periods where my mental health has been really challenging. And that's as simple as I'm depressed right now, or I'm grieving right now. I've broken up in a relationship. So I'm a little feeling of separation or loss right now. And all these just, just shifts in where the balance is and and all of it's really natural right but we have such a like i feel like at least i grew up on the back end of the it's kind of like the leftover of the 50s modality of ideals of like the perfect life right. you know the car in the driveway the mom at home taking care of the kids the dad going off to work and everything's happy go lucky mm -hmm. right like it's all just the way it's supposed to be and truth of the matter is mom's an alcoholic who chain smokes you know dad's cheating on mom and he's out there lying 
and the kids are lost and torn in between. And all this is, this is more like the reality of what's going on behind the scenes and how that affects us is we don't have this beautiful, like, um, hallmark card existence, right? We have a very real, very visceral, very full of unexpected changes and, um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I grew up with this idea that it was going to be postcard-like, that it was going to be picture perfect. And, and that's actually, it's never been like oh, that. Yeah. It's been a fallacy. Totally. Oh my God, completely agree. <laughs> when, my, the, when my life was closest to that, it was the worst. <laughs> it, it was, it was, yeah, it was not, not good, you know? Um, it was what I think, you know, how people are talking a lot these days about trauma bonds and stuff like that, that you simply attract the level of engagement of people, whatever, to the level of your healing, you know what I mean? To the level of your, in your inside reflects your out, outer reality. And so if that's really what we're believing what we've been conditioned to believe it does make sense that we would make choices and move our lives toward those ends only to then realize the the pain underpinning it you know it's like we have to have the experience not always but that's what it was for me had to have the experience to be like oh this is actually not in any way what i want what do I actually want? Oh, I actually want emotional safety, connection, love, you know, a sense of freedom in a relationship, you know, those types of things. So you just spurred a whole bunch of thoughts just came up in my head, stuff that I actually haven't all, all necessarily thought about before, but you touched on a few that I, I do think about with on a regular basis that are really key. Um, the idea that we are frequency emitters, mm -hmm. right? That we are vibrating at a certain frequency and then we're putting out a signal and that is attracting other resonant frequencies of the same range, yep. right? So the trauma bond idea is like, Hey, I'm triggered. I'm in a state of trauma. And so I resonate at this frequency. And then another being comes to our sphere of existence and they're at the same frequency and we feel like we can be safe with one another because we're we're radiating at the same energy. Right. And that made me think of, and I'll, for, I, first, first of all, I'm not even going to say, I believe, I'm going to say, this is how it is. Yeah. Right. This is what is happening here. We are all vibrating at a, whatever resonance energy we're creating, whether it's conscious or unconscious or a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going out into the universe, into the quantum field. And then that's what's coming back mm -hmm. in the universe and in the quantum field. Yep. And here's the other piece I hadn't really thought about is essentially this lines up with string theory, right? Like this is the idea that everything is vibrating. Mm -hmm. And that makes us a, an instrument, musical instrument. Like we're a, a, we're a stringed instrument and we may be in tune or we may be out of tune. Yeah. And if you've ever had a stringed instrument, you know that you pick it up, the first thing you have to do is tune it because it just naturally goes out of tune, right? It does not maintain its tune without consistently like tweaking it and adjusting it and making sure that it's kept in the range that we want it to be in. So that 
was bringing me to this idea of self, I'm like, well, yeah, that's like, I got to get out of bed in the morning. I don't expect myself to be in tune when I wake up. I need to do the things in my life that are going to ensure that the instrument that is me is in the tune I want it to be in. And then to be able to actually play it yeah. is a whole other piece. That's that's the practices. That's the movements. Yeah. Right? It's, it's funny. When I was preparing for this episode, I was encouraged by making a big list. You know, I, I even you know, did some research. I was like, what are the modalities that one can use to just to check to see is there are there things that I haven't thought of or just to jog my own memory about things that I have done or things that I might want to learn that I haven't heard of, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I was encouraged because I wrote a big, long list of stuff. You know, this idea of mental health you know, management systems. How do we do that? What can we do? And I was like, damn, I've done a lot of good stuff. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. I have a lot of teammates on my team. I have a lot of places where I engage that feel healthy and good and supportive. And I was like, yeah, no wonder I'm doing well because I got this, 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 this. It's like, there's a lot on this list. And don't worry, peeps, I'm going to share like from the list, but just having the list and seeing the scope of tools and and support systems and support teammates that I have was really telling. 100%. I've been doing the same thing for myself for a long time now where I've been inten- very intentionally putting together and putting in place structure and systems and following them almost religiously with the intention that these are going to uphold the system of self, right? The body that I'm living in, right? Because this is is how I view our life experience and I'm sure that a lot of people will relate to it is I am a soul, right? I'm a soul inside of my body and a lot of time my body does stuff that's very unexpected or feels very disparate to my soul's journey. Mm. And the mind... My mind, the thinking part is not the soul, right? The mind is kind of in the head and the brain. The soul is the heart, the gut, right? This is inside of the the center part of the torso, the part that really knows, like the knowing Mm -hmm. being, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The mind is the thinking being and the body is the doing, right? And so this trinity, this interconnection of these three elements need a constant balancing, right? If the mind is leading all the time, the balance is going to go off and it's going to be very top heavy and it's all spinning around and there's all this forward and backwards and in my past and in my future and all the overthinking and all versions of, of, you know, thinking our way through life. And then if it's entirely, um, in the body, well, if you've read the book, the body knows that holds the score. Uh, yeah, you know the body the, keeps the, the body, score. Yeah. I'll, yeah, the body keeps the mm-hmm. score. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. I was just going to say, so, I'll put it in the show notes for people listening. It's essential reading. It, uh, it is essential reading. It is absolutely vital. And for me, you know, with the journey of ayahuasca and plant medicines, it even it's even more relevant to say, how do we retune and reprogram the body? What things can we do to help the body work better in conjunction with the mind and the soul? 
So where was I going with all that? I'll tie it back up is same page figuring out the older I get, the wiser I get, the more consistent the practices are, the more thoughtful they are. Um, I'll, I'll, the, the more helpful they are to maintaining homeostasis throughout all these areas. And then when a disruption occurs, when uh, Shiva comes in and boom, chaos, you know, and everything's all a mess, then I'm more flexible and more able to receive that and, and deal with it. And the whole thing doesn't just, you know, up, upright itself and fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I made my bed today. Yeah, I make my bed every day. I love, I am. I make my bed every day. It's a whole thing, yeah. It's funny that we're talking about this. I'm not necessarily ready to share about my three-day ayahuasca ceremony that I just returned from, but I will share a small piece that is relevant to what you just shared, and that's the body knowing and the medicine, there's a part of me that just like, I don't know, like if I, if I knew, if I knew what I needed, if I knew what the deep, dark secret was, I would, I would go feel it. Right. I'm not afraid of my feelings, like all those things. Right. Anyway, one of the things I got from this recent ceremony was that reconnection with my body was acknowledging and letting that part that doesn't know that is that protector part that's in the way of that of that deeper stuff I was like that part got to sort of take a break you know and the medicine reminded me so every time I would be like I don't know that part comes up protecting me it's like no I I do know I do know as in my body knows And so the coaching from that was to build the the integration point from that particular piece from my ceremony was relative to, okay, how do I really build and rebuild and reconnect with my body and the messages it has inside it and wants to tell me about? And so that's a, a really powerful piece of going, okay, do I have to sit with ayahuasca and yada, yada, yada. That's one of the things on my list, of course, is psychedelic healing like we talk about all the time. But my integration around that particular directive is I have to really engage in meditation. I was like, how am I being lazy? I'm phoning in my meditations. I'm turning on the Sam Harris app right after I wake up. I'm just laying there basically just not getting up. It's, you know, that's not what I need. I need actual time really with my body, you know? So that was a really cool piece. But anyway, it goes back to the body keeps the score and how that's one of the ways we can be in service to our mental health is to really listen to what our body has to say and take action based on what we hear. And so that... There's a double-edged sword in here that's really important to recognize is the body will, it, it, you are correct. Let me, let me affirm what you've said first. The body knows, right? The body tells us constantly, right? Hey, you're not paying attention over here. Hey, I need your attention. Please do this for me. Please take care of me. Please do this and I'll take care of you. But the body isn't only us, right? The body is 
filled with thousands and thousands of different creatures yep. that live within yep. us. And so like when I've had like candida, like taking over my gut flora, my what the signal that my brain is getting isn't necessarily what's healthy for mm. me, right? Yep. So it's kind of like the um, the mushrooms, that uh, cordyceps mushrooms that take over the minds of the ant yeah. and they infect the ant and they convince the ant to walk up the hill, uh, to walk up the, the twig or the tree or the blade of grass and get to the top. They, the only reason that ant walks to that height where it doesn't have any other reason to go is because when the cordyceps recognizes that it's up there, it roots and sp- sends all of its spores out into the world and it kills the ant. So there's this interesting dichotomy within ourselves of when our body's truly speaking to us, it's giving us what we need to yep. hear, but it can also give us all kinds of false signals. Hormones can be yep. all out of whack. Yep. Our bioflora can be all out of whack, our, our, like all these different things. And they will signal us. We can burn in patterns. I had, I have these. I have these patterns where in my neurosynapse pathways, early on in life, there were systems that came into play, um, which, you know, at that time, I'm too young or I'm unconscious to how they operate. And a, a system occurs, like a trauma bond, mm-hmm. right? something happens where I'm like, oh, here's a, here's a cause and here's the effect. And then where's the balance? How do I balance this? And some other piece balances it. And that could have been seeking sexual attention or it could have been, you know, drinking alcohol or whatever default system has been in in place to manage that. And usually they just, you know, if something fires and it wires, right? Fires and it wires. And then the more times that that's happened, the more entrenched that system has become. Like you'll hear in Joe Dispenza's work is that if if a system is highly conductive, if it f- operates really well and really consistently, and it's it's the least path of resistance within our mind, our, our actual brain chemistry, right? So here we're talking about the mind itself. If that system is reliable and trustworthy and has low resistance, it's the default one because energy always takes the path of least resistance, right? That's like the flow goes that way. So does that necessarily serve us? Well, maybe short term, like you're saying, like, you know, a part of ourself needs some help and another system jumps in there to help with it at the short term. And maybe it's good right then and there, but like long term. Alcohol is not a great system for managing Correct. my emotional body. Yeah. Right? Meditation, yeah. sitting with feelings. Mm-hmm. Did you make a list of right? things that are your mental health management oh, yeah. systems? Yeah. Cause I feel like, oh, oh yeah. Let's start to go there. Cause I think, why would I be listening to this type of, of episode? It would be to really get some pragmatic things. Like, what have I not done that Mel and Jay would advise? You know what I mean? Based on their experience, obviously we're not mental health professionals per se. You know what I mean? We're not like a I'm, therapist. I'm, and I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I am not a therapist or licensed or anything, but I sure am professional experience with mental health, at <laughs> yeah. least my own experience. I mean, and for <laughs> right. sure the life coaching work that I do is absolutely in the realm of mental health and all that. But um, yeah, you know what I mean? Um. Yeah, but go ahead. Last year, I did a big effort in. In I took a, a bunch of time because I've been more and more focused on my own journey. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've been living solo, alone for a um, year and a half, two years now, and that time has been. I'm looking at how I work, 
right? And digging in and putting in place the systems that are working well and trying out systems and seeing how they operate and then recognizing where systems are failing and just basically doing this big, you know, analytical self-experience of like, I'm just going to look at how everything's working here and watch it work. And then when I see something that's not working well, I'm going to not judge myself about it. I'm just going to go, Hey, there's a weird, there's a weird behavior over there. That's not healthy. (laughs) I don't like this part of myself. Hey, that's a weird behavior over there. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to judge. Yeah. I'm just going to look at myself and I'm just going to say, oh, well, that was weird. I, you know, I got all angry. And so yeah. this morning, um, before I jump to my list real quickly yeah. this morning, I was doing my meditation mm-hmm. and I hit a thought came up in my mind and I start, my legs got all restless and I started moving around mm. and I've learned that when my body gets restless, during meditation, it's because of whatever thought I just thought about, there's an uncomfortableness in there. There's something in there that I need to look deeper into. Yeah. So exactly where your point was at, Mal, is like, you know, this, these, these are all curiosities of ourself. So last year I wrote this list okay, yeah. and I refined it and I called it the foundations of functionality, Right. And I put them in order based on what I thought is most important for me. Mm-hmm. Now, this order could very easily flip for other yep. people and have different positionings depending on, and items could be added or taken away. But I have number one as sleep. Mm-hmm. This is the one I'm recognizing as most important. Movement mm-hmm. is number two, as in exercise. Mindfulness or meditation is number three. Nutrition as number four, what I'm putting in my body, sunlight and nature are five and six, and those are intertwined together. And on the last part of my list here is connection, right? Having friends, having family, having people to engage with. And, And the reason why I wanted to tell that story first is that why connection is lower down on my list right now is because I'm in this phase of sitting with self of hermit, hermitage, you know, of like looking inwards and being alone. And so connection is lower on my list than say movement. Movement's right up on the top because I recognize how vital it is for me to maintain a state of homeostasis. I need more movement than connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every single thing that you listed is also on my list. In, Surprise. in various order. I didn't actually hierarchically order mine, but yeah, it's it's really nothing new. This is not, we're, we're not talking about anything that is new at all. You know what I mean? I will say this, this is a random aside. Have you ever heard of a parasite cleanse? I'm totally going to just go there. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, actually, yeah, this has been like one of my lately go-tos and some of the supplements right now that I'm yeah. taking are intentionally around that it's area. So... And it is because of this idea of bioflora, yeah. bacteria, viral, parasitic, yeah. all these different creatures. Right, creatures. Taking over the our minds. The reason I bring that right? up is that like I just said, this is not stuff that we've never heard of. Like, And the, the parasite cleanse, for whatever reason, has just recently entered my world my psyche 
one friend brought it up and then the very next day another friend emailed me about a certain retreat and mentioned it again i was like what the like what i was like and i haven't even watched the videos yet but i was like that sounds very curious to me if i have a bunch of like gross worms and <laughs> like gross <laughs> so gross oh. but you know, hey, working with your relationship with food that connects to your mental health. It's all so connected, obviously. So, you know, if you eat like shit and you, you know, the things that you consume don't support your mental health, of course, your mental health is going to suffer. You know, your physical well-being is is such a key and critical component of mental health. Um, Yeah, exercise, this and that. I mean, a bunch of stuff. I definitely put... Let's off. Let, let, me, let me hear them. Yeah. So again, mine are not necessarily... This is not necessarily an exhaustive list. It's also not necessarily an order. But I wrote, you know, psychedelic healing, of course, because we talk about that a lot. Um, I put connection relationships and yada, yada. I could expand on all these things. I put art therapy creativity, like that flow, contribution, self-expression, resilience, and all of that, exercise, sleep, healthy food. I put adventures and change of scenery, how that can be big or small, how that really sometimes matters for me to get unstuck. It's like a really accessible thing that you can do in a small way and something you can like in decidedly put into your life in a bigger way. I put animal love, like Matil. She's a very key part of my mental health or was for a long time. I mean, she still is. But my point is, is like animals and the love that we get from them, the relational love that we get with them is just tremendous. It very much has helped me. And then, you know, community, group therapy, that type of stuff, like community is like so, so tribe, that type of stuff. Um, Yeah. Not again, not an exhaustive awesome. list, but those are the things that I wrote down that I was like, these are solid enough that this conversation will expand on any of these and go a million yeah. directions. Yeah. When you said flow, I'm like, oh yeah, that's already in my movement. Yeah. Category. And flow shows right? up in a bunch it, of different places. It shows up in nature and, yeah. you know, that to, and, and exercise movement shows up in creativity that like that pausing yeah. of the monkey mind, right? The It's like, how do we free ourselves from the monkey mind for even a moment such that we can drop into peace and presence and connection with our body and this and that? Yeah. The other one that came on my up on my list well, when you were talking there was structure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Structure, for me, it's huge. I, I find that when... I've been struggling the last couple days with uh, attention, mm-hmm. my ADHD kind of sensation of like pinging around and having a hard time focusing on what I'm trying to get done yeah. has been high because there's too much stress. There's too many asks. And so I need one of the systems I put in place for myself that I need to use in order to help myself get through that kind of pulled into any directions feeling, which only causes more and more anxiety and more and more procrastination is I need to use structure and order. So I remove everything, clean up all, get rid of all the visual distractions, get rid of all the things yep. and have a, you know, a super tidy workspace. It's the same thing as like making the bed, yeah. right? I get up this morning, 
the very first thing I do as soon as I'm awake is make the bed so that there's this sense of structure because it supports all the other systems, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I've talked about this for sure before on the podcast, but this notion that my creative self sometimes needs freedom and other times it needs to be reined in. And so like that is like I go through these sort of waxing and waning, this ebb and flow of being like wild and free and notes everywhere and scribbles and this and stuffs and I clothes and my and then I go through okay it's now it's now too much it now feels like chaos and now I it's time for me to really get that clean my desk process those notes clear out my inbox like those types of types of things that help me feel a sense of like fresh a fresh start inside of a bigger life experience, those moments where I can create those sort of fresh, clean slates for myself. It feels to me like there's two aspects to mental health, maybe even three, now that I just go to say that. There's like um, triggers, like big traumatic events, like, you know, a death Mm -hmm. or um, an an accident, you know, a car accident, like what something 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 traumatic happens, some kind of physical hack thing in our life occurs and there then there are like the support systems the things that we do on regular that are just kind of running routine and then i forgot what the other one i was just going to say it just it was flowing into my mind there um these this was what had got me here was i think about my own journey and i think about okay what are some of the systems that I use? Right. Um, well, when my, when yesterday, when I'm feeling scattered, I'm like, just close a bunch of windows to clean your desk, write a few notes as, about what, as soon as something appears in your mind that you need to get done, or that's feeling like a pressure system that's causing a point of challenge where they're then make a note about yeah. it. Okay. Call so-and-so, right. Talk, talk to so-and-so about X, right. And I start making this list of notes and I've talked about list making in the past on the, on the show here and how powerful of a tool that is. And just simply clearing the clutter of the mind using a trusted system is a, is really, really powerful. And I thought about the, the getting things done modality, which I operate out of completely now. I'm such, I'm so in this like mode of operation of constantly emptying my mind so that I have the freedom yes. for the downloads to come in yes. because I believe we don't actually create these things. I think they come from the quantum mm. field. They come to us when our antenna mm-hmm. is tuned to receive. Mm. And if our radio station in our head is full of all kinds of different things playing at the same time, we're just not going to hear it. We're not going to receive it. You know? 100%. Thank you for listening. If you're receiving value from this episode, we would love it if you would show your support for the show by subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram. You can click the like button, leave us a comment, or share the podcast with somebody directly. Every month, we host integration coaching circles. These are safely held spaces for those looking to heal, grow, and connect in community. They are beautiful, alive. So much good work is happening. 
you are invited to join us. Go to trustthejourney.today slash integration. You can join the Trust the Journey family, which includes these integration coaching circles and our private Facebook group where we connect and support each other. Sign up by going to our website, trustthejourney.today, obviously, and <laughs> click on the orange Patreon button. Now, it's your support and engagement that make the show possible. We love connecting with you. So feel free to DM us anytime on Instagram with your thoughts at trustthejourney.today. And now I'm back to our regularly scheduled programming. So quieting that clutter of the mind. It's, you know, it's so important. The, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the, the, the yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I was struggling, right? I was, I was effective. I got a couple things done. I worked for, you know, four hour plus hours of like, you know, trying to get through things. And I, and I did check the boxes off the list, but I found myself here and here we go. I found myself recognizing that my body was giving me signals okay. to say, Hey, you're stressed right now. Okay. You're not operating at like your top, um, potential capacity because there's too many of these other factors going on. Yep. Right. But the key part was this, I recognized how my body felt. Yeah, I recognized that I wasn't feeling that homeostasis, that like warm bath kind of, this feels great. It felt, no, it felt triggered and felt anxious and unfocused and I started to get um, responsive or, uh, you know, yeah, reactive. Yeah. Right? And then I'm like, hey, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to go and I'm going to go hike. And I met one of my friends and we go for our, our flight. You know, it's like an hour and a half block that's dedicated to hard physical exercise followed by a period of flow. Yeah. Right. And the, you know, this friend of mine's great because also same age group and also understanding like, hey, I got to get off my, get away from my desk. I got to get away from my phone calls. Yes. I got to get away from my family. I got to get away from all these trigger things that are like loading on the, their, burying my management system and I got to point the attention back to my body yeah. and I got to push my cardio and my respiration and my lymphatic systems and push them really hard for 25 minutes. Yep. You know, and that's all I got to do is go out in the sun, in nature and push really hard. And guess what? I got some connection with a friend who's doing the same thing and we get to the top of the hill, you know, and we both pushed as hard as we could. And there was a deep breathing the entire time. It's all breathing meditation because pushing, when you're pushing yourself physically as hard as you can, your attention inevitably goes to your breathing yes. because that for me ends up being the limiter of how hard I can push is how much I can respirate to manage blood flow, to manage heart rate, to manage all that stuff. So it's a meditation in itself. And at the top of the hill, we get a high five. And some teamwork feels and a good vibe. And I'm like, oh, we did it again. You know, and it's just this everyday 25 minute push. And there's this feeling of accomplishment and um, um, the physiological systems within the self are now balanced enough to say, okay, all that anxiety and all that tension and pressure that was happening before is all balancing out. There's nothing like exercise for uh -huh. this. Exercise is freaking it, man. It is what puts our body back and our mind back in this state where we can actually process yeah. again. We can be clear enough, you know? 
I love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. God, it's it's so all of this. God, it's such an interesting conversation because if I think of it, this notion of mental health management systems, we have the sine wave that is not high amplitude that is perfectly sort of has you know waves that are regular and the frequency is regular and all of that and then you've got the sine waves that are like high amplitude and maybe not as frequent like we I think about because I'm basically thinking about damn the work that I just did for example in my ceremony deep deep work I'm not doing that every day, but that is a critical component to my mental health being as amazing as as it is. I equally echo if I were constantly when, by the way, historically, and I have eaten a bunch of ice cream for my main source of meal, you know, main source of, of food and calories when I don't exercise, when I am being super, super introverted and I am being lazy and not finding connection, those things, of course, make a difference too. You know what I mean? So it's like it goes back to this idea, this concept of when we do get the insights from the deep work, it comes back to what does that look like integration wise? What does that look like? How am I going to implement not phoning in my meditation? How I actually am in a phase right now, Jay, where I'm like determining what my next physical exercise thing is going to be. I'm like contemplating, contemplating going back to dancing because I'm just like not that motivated to do regular exercise. I sort of want to do something that makes me feel creative and in like more fluid movements. And my point is, is that I'm not super clear. And I almost want to share this with with you all listening because I don't have it all. I don't know exactly what it is. My mental health is very strong and good at the moment. But, you know, I've had real struggles in recent months as well. So it's the deep work, but it's also that anyway, I'm just sort of all over the place. But I think that is I want people to know that that's normal, too, that we will wax and wane on what we need, right? Like, I don't anticipate doing another three-day ayahuasca ceremony until next year. I'll see. Maybe the medicine will call to me sooner, but I I doubt it. I probably am going to spend the next year integrating. And so that is to me and for me in my experience, what has markedly improved my mental health and my emotional health over the years, right? So it's like, yeah, I can say all day, every day. I could say 10 years ago. I could say this 10 years ago. My exercise connection helps my mental health. But it's a very different experience now than it was 10 years ago. My awareness of, of and my nuanced awareness of how it impacts me is very different because I've been in that practice for that many years, you know? heard a bunch of things in there um one of them was the other part of that triangle that i was talking about earlier the third part so good i'm glad you remembered it 
Yeah, I, I knew it was. I just it had to come. get into that state yeah. again of receiving, right? It's like it's just, I just got to open up the mind and not be too busy. And so, um, there are these uh, systems that we create, our actions, like our our actual actions, things that we do, which can include, you know, everything um, from doing a meditation to exercising to the nutrition that we eat. And then there are the traumas or the triggers of the things, the occurrences, right? That sway our life, right? They can be positive and negative. You touched on it. You said, oh, what about this big high? You know, like I climbed this big mountain. I flew off it in my wingsuit. Amazing high, big spike of, you know, endorphin, adrenaline, yep. norepinephrine, you know, all these, all these chemicals. And then, or they can be lows, you know, kind of a car accident, could be a huge traumatic yep. event, break up a relationship, lose a loved one, whatever. Okay. And then there's our actual body, our body. And why I touched on this, why I'm like, oh yeah, so the physical state of our body and like whatever it's wherever our body is, bodies change really slowly and really quickly. It's amazing how powerful our bodies are and how they can just, you know, a flip of a switch and the whole thing goes haywire, like one little thing and the whole body is just freaking out or one little thing slowly over time, slowly over time, slowly over time and complete transformation. Yep. So I do, I'm going to touch on a few things, but I want to send this recommendation to you because you said, I don't know what yeah, to do next. Yeah. And I got, I've got the answer. Lift weights. Mm. Weight training creates physical strength in the body, Whoa. right? Making our muscles, specifically targeting, making our muscles stronger is literally making our body stronger, right? Aimed at strength training, at bodybuilding, at making the body strong. And and I can say the word bodybuilding and people go, knee jerk. I'm like, I don't want to get all muscular. Right, right. You know, you need to get all muscular. It doesn't need to have like focused training on all the muscles in the body that are like, yeah. you want to make these muscles strong. I'm most likely so going to sur- have a, I'm most like, likely going to continue my regimen in some form at my p- friend Pam's biohacking gym. Cause I really do love it there because they also have massive recovery modalities that are uh, oh, nice. just incredible. I love all of it. And it's connected to an idea that I had about going there, doing those workouts, the recovery then going and do it, being in community, going to the psychedelic assembly, co-working there for the day, and then potentially dancing at that evening, like having a whole city day. That's just one day, something I might experiment with. I, I haven't committed to it, but it's something I'm going to explore. Um, whether I do the dancing or not, I like the idea of going to the gym where I feel community, where I feel like access to recovery and support then connecting it with a with an experience of community that I can only access in the city. It's it's cool. I, I mean, again, I'm glad to model that that wondering about what we can take on for ourselves, because that is uh, a way I would build my muscle and my strength is at their place. Yeah, I'm basically doing the same thing. You know, I've got my hiking um, which hiking or running, if, if the weather's great, I go hike and then I fly. If the weather's not great, I go run on the treadmill, right? So I'm getting the same pump of the lymphatic system, just leg moving. Our legs is the only way that our lymphatic system actually moves. Yeah. And our lymphatic system is what carries all of our 
emotional body, all of our, our hormones, everything pumps through the, the lymphatic system. So the lymphatic system is not like the heart or the lungs. It doesn't have another pump that is making it move. We actually have to use leg, bright legs, you know, walking is the pump for lymphatic. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan of these things like dance, flow, movement, go and get this, like this kind of stuff separate from strength training yeah. from I'm going to make these muscles. And, and there's this amazing thing since I've gotten more and more into strength training what I realize is I look at all the people who do it and you see this thing is like, oh, the discipline of focusing on, I'm going to do this, 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 this with consistency day in, day out, day in, day out, weekend, month out, weekend, month out, month out, year out, year out. And the, the mind, the strength of mind that comes as a result of training our bodies is parallel, right? Like the two paths work together. Yeah. So the this is where I see the biggest thing. I'm like, people make a choice in their lives. They're like, you know what? I'm going to start taking care of my body and I'm going to strength train. And all of a sudden with it comes all this confidence, comes all this healthy lifestyle decisions, which the nutrition comes into play. The alcohol goes to the side. The missing sleep goes to the side because training is more important. And I'm not, I don't want to miss my training. And then all these things, they bolster up the mental health into this, like, not just, it's the scale of like, oh, we're not just running at a zero, we're running at a plus one or a plus two, Yep. you know, zero being, you know, a neutral average, negative one, negative two, you know, the Jim Collins scale of measuring self. So that's a huge one. I want to go one more place. Please. I've become more and more aware of this as I put my attention towards my nutrition and I've had a few body things, the other side of that triangle, uh, that really affected me throughout my life. So alcohol, number one, alcohol has been a huge negative impact on my mental health because of how it affects my gut flora. Right. So when I drink alcohol, it kills a lot of the healthy gut flora and with it comes all this inflammation and the inflammation is the body moving into a state that it's unhealthy and unhappy and things are not functioning as well. And so the thoughts, the mind, the way that I operate also gets sluggish and slow and isn't, you know, fluid and strong and, and elastic. It's in a state of inflammation. It's triggered, right? It's unhappy. I also had an incident happen when I was younger where I was siphoning gasoline from a car to fill up a tank and I got a mouthful of it, right? Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. But it happened, you know, but that's highly toxic, Uh. right? And I got a mouthful of this gasoline and for the rest of the day, I was in a terrible state, but that also kills kills so much of the bioflora inside, right? So sugar is another thing here, right? Yeah. If I eat sh- oh man, I have some problems Ugh. when it comes to sugar. Me too. I'll get a triggered binge. I'll go buy two pies, a bunch of cookies. Totally. Like a cart full, a cart full of sugar and then I'll binge on it and then I feel like Shit. crap. Yeah, totally. I feel like crap. The whole next day, the end of the day after that, I'm still like a cloudy mess. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. That was also part of my ceremony was uh, was looking at my relationship with food and wondering. And I, I, I think something to note in this conversation also is the concept that if we have a consistent mental health issue, mental emotional health issue, that all of these things are yeah, they're impacting, but it but they're not like really deeply caring for. We can pretty much know that it's a deeper thing. So we'll want to access one of those deeper mental health modalities that allow us to go to those deeper places. Not necessarily a ceremony of psychedelics if that's for you great. Maybe it's going to therapy, maybe it's, you know, like the all those those things, those other modalities that are in service to mental health are important for those reasons, right? Because if we don't ever do that deeper work and we just rock it with our exercise and our we don't drink and we this and that, we're still going to struggle, you know? And if we only do therapy and we only go to ceremony, but we don't have exercise, healthy eating, and we're drinking all the time or eating shit, we're going to struggle, right? It's sort of like it's it's tough. And I want to acknowledge and validate that too. Like it's hard to do all these things. Just heard Jay and me admit like, yeah, we sometimes have massive like, oh, I'm going to fucking eat everything and it's going to be all the sweet stuff and whatever. Sometimes I think to myself, Jay, I'm like, I don't have any fucking vices left, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> which is not true because I have that, the sugar, and the Instagram, you know, I see where those that those addictive tendencies and those numbing tendencies want to come up. And I certainly, for people who care about their mental and emotional health, as it relates to numbing, go and watch Brene Brown's TED Talks. She talks about shame and guilt and those types of emotions that we take these things to numb, but we cannot selectively numb. If we want to numb our negative emotions, our hard emotions, our difficult emotions, our sadness, our frustrations, our whatever, our depression, our anxiety, we also numb our ability to feel joy and happiness and love and connection and all of those other wonderful things that we all deserve to feel in life. Well, here, here's the other piece of this, right? So there's the numbing, but then there's the also like the positive stimulation side, right? So we're both coming from action sports, extreme sports world, skydiving, base jumping, you name it. This is the exact same thing of like, I'm just going to sh- give myself a shot of feel goods through doing something stimulating and exciting, yep. but I'm not necessarily. So when we, we pull back on that shot, and okay, go make a bunch of jumps today. And then afterwards, where do I get my dopamine yeah. from? Where do I get my, where do I get my serotonin Correct. from? Correct. Uh, I need it from somewhere. I need it from somewhere. And so we're looking for an external source of this rather than looking inwards to say, how do I modulate my internal um, levels of these? Um, oh, I just lost the word there. Come back to it. It'll pop It'll up. It'll pop. Um, <laughs> Neurotransmitters. There we go. Neurotransmitters. Thank you. Um, So for me, this was huge, right? Because 
I see this in our community in a huge way. And now that I've been through it, now I look back at the community and I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, this it's is happening so on mass. Everybody obvious. is. Yeah. And I say that. I mean, I, this is whole, even the way we too. speak about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's this thing of like, oh, I haven't got, I haven't been in the air in a Haven't week. gotten my fix. I haven't, made a ju- haven't, haven't gotten any, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And it's, it's very junky behavior yeah. because we're dependent on these external systems. I learned a lot listening to Huberman talk about dopamine spikes and how when we take a big hit of dopamine, wherever we get it from, then our our level doesn't reset to zero where it goes. It resets to like plus one or plus two. Then we get another big spike of dopamine. It goes up plus two or plus three. And now as a result, when we're not getting those big hits, where we level off to, what our neutral becomes is below the median mark. Yeah. And so we feel depressed, even though there's no reason to feel depressed. There could be nothing wrong with our lives, but because we did something that was super spiky as far as how exciting it was, it has left us feeling lower than normal after things go back to balance. So what I've done is stop doing those things. Like I've stopped wingsuit base jumping for a large part because I recognized it's overstimulating me. Yeah. I get down and I my hands are shaking and I am like, oh God, man, I might as well, you know, smoke to hit a crack or taking a shot of heroin because I'm I'm full of neurotransmitters, just mm. jacked to the moon. And then no matter what, there's no way to go back to a level again. So I've had to detox yeah. from all these stimulating activities. Wow. To get back to like, well, what is normal? What is natural? And now I'd rather do things that are more calm. I don't like the feeling right. of being jacked, you know? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. They say this shows up in, you know, love relationships and, and other lanes of, of human life also, as in we, they talk, I mean, we talk about this relative to feeling in love. Is that this notion that if you aren't feeling like crazy butterflies all the time, then you're not, quote unquote, in love, that type of stuff, where it's like, really, that's the addictive, oh, this this is what, quote unquote, love should feel like. And it's this heightened, activated, elevated, spiky experience when really it's that's usually our wounding, right? That's the addictive part of us that is wanting that spiked experience to your point. Um, Not to say those, those times aren't fun and enjoyable and that, and and this and that, that those feelings are, I'm not saying anything necessarily about that in a judgmental way. It's more to say, if that's a pattern that you see in yourself, take a look at it. You know what I mean? Similar to jumping out of airplanes or whatever. And again, I'm not against those experiences per se, because I think to your point earlier as well, Jay, you said everyone's path will be different. You know what I mean? Some people very much will believe and feel and be right about skydiving in this case, being a part of their mental health, right? Part of the community. It's always dual. Yeah. Right. It's always a duality. Yeah. There is, there's my, like I, every time I refer to my skydiving experience, I'm like, holy gratitude. Right? Like, wow, gratitude. 
Wow, gratitude. So much gratitude. It has saved my life. Yeah. Right? But I, what was the quote that I just put up on my Instagram? Was uh, our strength taken to excess yes. becomes our our failure. Yeah, you know, yeah. Our point of failure. Any, I it, actually well, want to read it correctly. Poison, poison is dose, right? It's all dose dependent. If we overdose on our strength and we, then it becomes a liability. It really does. Your strength taken to excess becomes your weakness. Yes, correct. Right. I agree. Weakness. I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's been, that's, that was my experience with skydiving. Yeah. It's like this became my strength. So much value, so much personal growth, so much understanding of self, so many good practices, learning like, oh, I love getting up there and getting after it and training hard and focusing and having this discipline. Yep. How much discipline is required to be a skydiver? It's super disciplined, right? Like you really focused, yeah. really structured. And then at the same time, overdoing it becomes a weakness. I used to, right? a pattern I used to... And still do in certain ways. I used to notice about myself and I used to note with others about myself and how I approached life and things and all the stuff is I used to say I, I am just a very intense person. Like intensity is the only way that I approach things. And certainly that is not the case anymore. But I had to sort of get to know the the part of me that was the part that was like addicted to that style like why was that that way of approaching things the only way that felt like it worked for me you know so now i feel like with some awareness around that i can deploy it do i want to bring my intensity that i can have access to anytime to my writing project to my book project because something i really want to make happen is it you know what I mean? Like it, as opposed to an unconscious yeah. prison of I have to be intense about something because otherwise I'm a, I'm not avoiding this deeper thing that the intensity is helping me avoid. So anyway, you you see what I'm saying? I could say the the yeah. There once upon a time there was a girl I had a crush on, and I was like, oh, she's so she's so intense and so special and so unique, and you know far 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 from that kind of normal and you know i approached her and she was like oh, i don't think i could date you you're too intense for me and i was like what <laughs> you're you're like the most intense person i've ever met you know maybe, <laughs> and like, maybe she mirror. was like i know this will not work this will be an explosion of mass proportion <laughs> yeah. yeah you said you said something earlier that i want i think is a really valuable one to take away um i used to say same thing you just said i used to say oh i have seasonal depression right you know the holidays would come around or a particular time of year would come around and be oh i have this depression around this event but all that was is me blaming a date on the calendar yeah. about me not addressing some underlying pain Correct. right and then typically that part of the year was full of alcohol or overeating or a bunch of triggers have having to be with people I not necessarily love yeah. being with or all these different things. So yeah, if, if we, if we, if we throw us, uh, you know, a rubber stamp on something and we label it right away that it's, oh, it's that, 
maybe let's take a look right. deeper into it and work on he- healing those that's things. Such a great, yeah. That's such a great tip, you know, and, and just to go in the direction quickly of tips too. Stuff like journaling, you've heard it. It's it's so almost annoying to have an episode like this where we're saying things that I imagine all of us have heard a million fucking times and you're like, oh, journaling, you know what I mean? Oh, meditation, right? But man, those are tools yeah. in the toolbox. They're tools in the toolbox, going for a walk, right? Like it doesn't have to be the deep ceremony therapy that we that solves our deep issues although we need that we also really do need access to those easily accessible skills for when we're in a really hard moment we need something that we can easily access what's the little mini screwdriver i can pick out of my toolbox that i can do right now that'll help soften this moment this 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 acute moment that i'm feeling or this tough time or this phase of feeling low that I need to just work through. Those tools are so, so vital in terms of mental health management in my experience as well. Check this one out. Here's an amazing tool. Okay. Um, I take photos every single day, right? But there's a, you could, people do, this is great. You could just take a picture of yourself every day. One photo, right? Start the day, take a picture, right? And don't even, you don't have to look back on it, but here's the thing. I use uh, Strava to track all my activities as, you know, how much am I working out? How much yoga am I doing? How much am I going to the gym? And I can look back at my activity over the last two years. And first of all, good job, Jay. I can see I have a 500% improvement in my overall activity, which is super motivating to want to do more. Mm -hmm. But what's more important is I can see the dips in the graph where there are low points. And the other day, I went and I opened my photo album and I looked at pictures that I took that were where those low points started going down the graph. And I'm like, oh, look, there's a mental health pattern in there yeah. of when I started feeling depressed or when I started uh, leaning on substances. And I can see the relationship between my physical activity dropping off and my mental state of being going with it. And the relationship to the, the other patterns in my life of nutrients or sunlight or being outside or connecting or not connecting or leaning are you allowing substances into my body like alcohol or drugs or whatever that are non-complementary and how they push that whole process down so i would do this every day when i was training to be a champ i'd walk in the mirror look in the mirror and be like you got this and i take a picture yeah you got this you're a winner that's awesome you know that is cool and this is a lot of the stuff we've talked about today is legit i mean it's all legit meaning serious it's stuff we can do the other thing is just like fuck have some fun have some laughs you know like listen to some comedy change your you know what i mean play go make a fucking snowman or make a sand angel or you know like any just silly random nonsensical play fun is so much more uh, powerful for mental health, especially when our white knuckles are fucking bloodless because we're that gripped to this negative thought that's causing us so much pain. So like in those moments, sometimes the, the best thing we can do is say fuck it, but in a healthy way, because saying fuck it can also lead us to reckless behavior, to 
different types of substance abuse, different types of addictive behaviors. I'm talking about saying fuck it and doing something fun and playful and just silly. That can be a real simple, easy, powerful reset in uh, like to interrupt that gripping of the mind and body. Last week we did a uh, ownership alignment and we hired a facilitator and a consultant to come in and help work. And there are these long days, really challenging, super challenging emotional stuff, super challenging financial stuff, high stress. And what did I put on the calendar? Blocks of time for play. Yes. Good. Intensely say this, these hours right Good. here for this whole group that's been working hard together, we take this hat off and we put our fun hats on. And we go play ping pong and we run around, we go and we do something silly and fun together Love it. to forcibly insert play into the day in order to help keep that homeostasis. Because if it's all work and no play, it makes Melanie a dull right. girl, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. It sounds silly, but exactly. it's true. It's true. And we can forget that, especially for someone like me who has that propensity to be very intense, very committed. I'm willing. I'm high integrity. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to da, 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 da. This is a, how I'm going to approach my mental health, right? Like that, that version of a person, me in this case, can really get not necessarily that that doesn't help me and it does the things that I put my intensity toward don't, don't work. They help and they work, but it makes me forget the play and forget the silliness and forget the lightness. I used to say this all the time to Shannon and and just the people closest to me is that I know I'm stressed when I stop laughing, when I stop think finding things funny because I find a lot funny in life. I just feel like that's one of my lenses. Life is comedy. There's so much fucking ridiculousness around us. And so when I don't notice that stuff, I'm like, ooh, what's going on? Then I have to sort of I yeah. that's when I put a self-reflective effort in place because I'm like something's going on if I'm not having even any fun. I have that same thing where I'm driven I'm so driven and I'm so goal oriented and I'm so want to be on top of all my stuff that I won't stop. Yeah. Right. And I'll push and what I've learned to recognize is like my healthy window is about four or five hours of attention on something before I need to actually unplug from yeah. it. And move into one of these other practices that I have on my daily of movement, of going outside, yeah. of getting into a you know, high cardio rhythm, doing all these things. Because I'll push right through this barrier thinking that I'm putting my value of like getting this thing done, you know, my family or my, my work or whatever. I'll push that ahead of my other self needs. And what happens is the quality of it goes down, my interaction quality goes down, the way I feel goes down, all these things start to negatively cascade together because I fail to hear my body say, hey, yeah. hey you're, this is enough. We need to stop here and we need to refocus on something else. That's what I so appreciate yeah. about how, about our culture here at Trust the Journey is that we are safe and we are encouraged. And by we, I mean both of us with each other and our teammates that mental health and the boundaries around it are absolute priority. Our absolute priority, right? Like you saying, 100%. "Hey, I need this X, Y was time is I don't I can't take calls before this time or that time." And you know, me being like, "Yep, nothing on the weekends." And you would like just those those structural boundaries around our needs and how those things are most important. Not getting 
the guest on the show, even though that's also very important. You know, but we know that that we can't be best for that opportunity if we are not really caring about ourselves first. And nobody else is going to do that, right? Nobody else will uphold our boundaries that say, this is what's healthiest for me. I really want to show up as the best version of me possible to whatever I'm doing, just to myself, right? I want to be the best version of me possible to my coworkers, to my friends, to my family. And when I look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I want to see the best version of myself possible. Now, holding the boundaries that say, you know, I can't take this call before 9am or I'm going to be grumpy. Man, we did that a while yep. ago. God, I was an asshole. <laughs> you right? were not. It's like, I knew you I, were Oh tired. no, I was miserable though. I was grumpy <laughs> and aggravated. You know, I'm like, so holding these bounds, the only one who can hold our boundaries is ourselves. Correct. The only one who can learn to recognize where they need to be and then what things need to be our bookends. What are the bolsters to our mental health, right? And for me, exercise and sleep are number one and number two. Those followed very closely by nutrition. Right next to nutrition is mindfulness. I need to be mindful of how, and that means I'm paying attention to how I feel. I'm paying attention to the fact that, oh, I need rest right now. Oh, I need a break right now. Or, oh, I need physical you know, excitement and energy right now. Sunlight and nature, super, super important. Yeah. Get up, go outside first thing every single day. I open my eyes and go outside for even like 20 seconds just to be outside yep. right away. And then thank you for this connection because it is a vital piece of my healthy lifestyle mm. and my mental health. Ditto. Yeah. Well, my friend, on that note, I say we wrap this thing. There's a million things we can always say more in addition, but. And, and if you're listening Throw your comments yeah. up on Instagram, on YouTube. Let's I hear what your hear. thoughts are on some of these topics. I want. I yeah. really do want to hear, peeps, fam, please, what would you add? Like, really, what would you add? Because I do feel like that is a perfect so, thing to end on is the sense that, like, I'm always feeling open to other ideas. It's like, why did I bring up that? weird parasite cleanse is that I'm like, is that a thing that might, might yep. be helpful for me? I'm just always very subconscious. Is yeah. In I'm always very open-minded. So I'm, I'm really, I really mean it. And we really mean it when we say, Hey, share, let us know what hey, works for you. But yeah, go ahead. And, and if you've made it this far, if you've actually made it to the end of the episode and you've got to this point where we're hearing us to ask, sit, start your comment off with my list. And then we'll know that you listened all the way to the end of the episode and we'll make a point to get to you right yeah, away. Yeah, I love that. Well, team, yeah. love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, seriously, for listening, for spending your valuable, valuable time, energy, and heart with us. Every bit of it makes a difference. Yeah, thank you. We would love it if you could show your support for the show by subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Instagram. You can always click the like button, leave us a comment, or share an episode with somebody directly. Like we mentioned, every month we host integration coaching circles. So, so much good work is happening there. You are invited to join us. Go to trustthejourney.today slash integration. 
The Trust the Journey family includes these integration coaching circles and our private Facebook group where we connect and support each other. Join us by going to our website, trustthejourney.today, and click the orange Patreon button. Yeah, thanks. It's your support and engagement that make the show possible. Thank you. We're here to connect with you. Feel free to DM us anytime on Instagram. We're at trustthejourney.today. Thank you. We love you. (laughs) We love you. Keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey.